welcome to Escaping Kasturbarus, the podcast where we rewatch, reminisce, and review everything Doctor Who from 2005 to present. My name is Rich, and I'm joined by someone whose mantra genuinely is, we must feed. It's Amy. <laughs> I was going to say, every time we start this, I'm always like, oh, I wonder what he's going to refer to me as tonight. <laughs> Can you preempt what I'm going to say? And is it going to be related to food? That's right, because Most next week it'll t- be related to some fat thing that absorbs everything, so... <laughs> Spoilers, Amy, about what next... The, the episode I'd everyone... I'd rather it wasn't. <laughs> the episode of this podcasting everyone has been waiting for. Love and Monsters next week. I can't oh, believe it when the trailer came up. God. I mean, first we have a two-parter to get through. It is time for The Impossible Planet and The Satan Pit, our second two-parter of the series... And second, yes. second two-part podcasty thing, and I'm very happy we decided to do two-parters as two-part yeah, as, as a single-part mm-hmm. episode podcast thing because, yeah, explain this. Explain this last time for Rise of the Cybermen and Age of Steel, but we won't go over that again. Speaking of things that we won't go over again, that was a, har- a, ter- a terrible segue. Um, it was. Somebody to kick things off today. Somebody actually tweeted me. Right. As I tweeted, I say tweeted me. I say tweeted me. Tweeted the older at Casterpod, uh, because I did ask the question on the podcast about whether people had been rewatching Doctor Who with us or watching it for the first time. Mm-hmm. And so they tweeted us and said, um, they said it was it was MX Potato Head, Drew, uh, said that since we mentioned if we wanted to know if anyone hadn't seen all of Doctor Who. Um, they've seen all the way up to the regeneration of Matt Smith into Capaldi, but no further. Ooh. So, because we were discussing this the other day, weren't we, about where we think, how far people got. Yeah. And you suggested it's most likely the end of Matt Smith. And I think that's where a lot of people do go. Or yeah, Or potentially probably. to the end of Capaldi. And it's, it, it sounds harsh, but I think it's going to be like a, quite a, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Not. Ah, the word has left me. But basically, I think it's because people looked at Capaldi and went, oh, I don't want an old doctor. Yeah. And that's such a shame. But I think there's a word that I'm looking for, maybe shallow or like, it's not shallow, but conceited. Yeah, I I know exactly what you mean. And yeah, I mean, we just, we kind of discussed about our doctors and the doctors we really like and Capaldi is one that you need to see like I get that mm. he's not Matt Smith obviously lots of people jumped on the series in 2010 with Matt Smith like so many people okay it was big in America point. then wasn't yeah, it yeah it suddenly just got massive in the states so lots and lots of people jumped on the series there and obviously when you lose your first doctor like I think we discussed this back in uh, the parting of the ways episode we did last year like I lost Eccleston and I was gutted Mm. And then David Tennant rocks up, and I'm like, "It's Richard Hammond. Who the hell is this?" Yeah. And, <laughs> and I, I think, think I said, any I, time a new I swore at the TV starts. when it said Doctor's back at Christmas, and it's like Christmas. I can't wait that long. Um, but yeah, people people get very attached to their doctors, and they sort of stop yeah. watching after that. Um, I think any time a new Doctor starts, it's hard for people to sort of accept that their Doctor a, is. Is gone. gone. There's a vicious cycle of uh, don't like this doctor, they're rubbish. Oh, they're actually okay. Oh my god, I love this doctor. Oh god, I don't like this new doctor. And it, yeah, the cycle continues. Yeah. Um, but that actually inspired me. Thank you, Drew, for making a poll on the Twitter account asking whether people who people have whether watched all of it or not. I, I said not fully caught up, um, rather than potentially I've never watched it all. 
Right. Uh, and it turns out that 75%, 76 specifically, but for the sake of ease of understanding, 75% of people have watched everything. And All 25% right, okay. of people haven't. And there was, there was only, there was, I say only, there's 43 votes on there. Which, to be honest, for a Twitter account of that size, that's pretty goddamn good. That's pretty good. Um, you guys are very active with the old Castapod Twitter account, and we really appreciate it. Um, so it does seem to be that there are people in this audience who haven't mm. seen all of Doctor Who. So similar to how we have been, we will continue to not lean Spoil into too, too spoiler, too many spoilers. We can obviously hint at things we can talk about other Doctors, and but nothing specific. And for the Not, maths nothing... whizzes of you out there, somebody tweet us and tell us out of 43 people what 25% of that is. <laughs> well, that's like 10, 11 people. 10 point something people, isn't it? Because uh. it's it's a quarter uh. of 43, which is uh. 10 point whatever. Okay, I'll there believe you. Go, you. There you go. <laughs> I believe you. I didn't so, yeah. have the brain power to work that out. Apart from the super specifics, we will not... Um, but I mean, I say sorry. Apart from this, we, obviously, we're not going to lean into super specifics. We're not going to talk about the character arc of the Doctor that's established over the course of the Russell T Davies era, sort of more through the the Russell era. Uh, sorry, the Russell era, the the Stephen Moffat era, and culminating in the day of the Doctor. But we're not going to we're not going to lean into that. But there, in fact, there are actually moments in this two parter that do actually mm. lean into that canon of the Doctor, and that we'll get to. So yeah, thanks for. Uh, answering our poll uh, if you did if you don't if you haven't if you didn't know her on Twitter at Casterpod K-A-S-T-E-R-P-O-D and the at you press shift and, and the at two, obviously or shift and then above your, above next to L shift and then next to the enter or yeah. wherever it depending is depending on what layout a keyboard you have I and keyboard have a la- MacBook <laughs> keyboard layouts are interesting I find keyboard layouts interesting Anyway, yeah, you're a nerd. Yeah, what's what's new? Time I to mean, talk we'll about the Impossible Planets and the Satan Pit broadcast on the third of June and the tenth of June, two thousand and six. So we're Ooh, so we're kind of 11. catching up with ourselves. <laughs> Slowly but surely. Because oh, what's right, the date you mean. today? It's like the fourteenth. It's the sixteenth today. Sixteenth. So we're only like when was this? Two thousand six. Fifteen years. So we're only 15 years ago, yeah, basically. 15 years and six days. So the Doctor and Rose land on an impossible planet orbiting a black hole and stuff starts to go all weirdy. Oh yeah, we never get the name of the planet, do we? Yeah, we do. What do they say? What's it called? And she goes... Uh, Crop Tor. When the bloody hell does she say that? Quite early on. I'm sure she just goes, no, you really don't know, do you? And then... Well, I've I must think... have missed her say the name of the planet. No, she does say it. She oh. definitely does. Okay, well, then apologies. <laughs> so, they land here. I don't need to go over the story because, I mean, ho- hopefully you've all watched it um, in the process. As we say, we, we, we make some dinner, we sit and watch Doctor Who, we come upstairs and we record the podcast. If you, right, this is your question for Twitter this week. If you made yourself some dinner to then sit and watch this two-part episode, what did you have for dinner? What did you have? We had sausage pastry pinwheels with mashed potato and beans. And it was very, very nice. I look forward to our Doctor Who dinners every Wednesday-ish. Maybe so. we should have had protein one with just a dash of three. Don't look at me like that. <laughs> 
everyone I, on the I, podcast I, was just like, why did it go silent? Oh my god, it's died. <laughs> Is Spotify it's because, buffering? It's because Rich just, like, metaphorically facepalmed. I lost the will to live, basically. But yeah, no, that well, was, well that done was on clever. well done on catching that specific because I couldn't quote that. I, I'm yeah, not exactly. I'm not as oh big God, of a nerd as Amy. You couldn't quote a it's bit ser- of Doctor Honestly, Who. right? There's a <gasps> lot. There is a lot about this two parts of it. I I just don't remember. I just didn't remember. Oh, see, back I to remember. It. It's these like, are some of the episodes I remember the most. In terms of its main story beats, you know, Toby uh, killing Scooty. Um, the mining finishing, the ood waking up, the put the pit opening, everyone getting trapped, going through the vents, and all that, all that, all that stuff. Like, oh yeah, of course I remember that. It's mm-hmm. the specific character work and the dialogue that I don't remember because watching this two-parter, this is, I wouldn't say it's one of the best two-parters, but in terms of how much more they can fit into a story this is one of the best examples of it. It feels like there's so much going on, but everything is all consumable. As much as I've forgotten half the dialogue and the discussions and the specifics that happen between certain characters, so much happens. Mm -hmm. And I think part one, I would say in terms of its pace, is better than part two. Impossible Planet Mm. ramps up really well, I think. Yeah. And then obviously Satan Pit kicks in, all the stuff has happened, and it then kinda it kind of stops mm-hmm. and then it kind of jumps between this hectic um, stuff above ground and then the very slow, dialogue heavy, suspenseful underground and chopping between the two sometimes felt not necessarily jarring. It wasn't that bad, but there were moments when I'm just like, I'm with, uh, it's kind of like we cut down to the, it was the first time I've really had this. We cut down to Ida and the doctor discussing whatever down in the pit and I'm there thinking, but what's going on up top? Like, they're in the middle of something really serious here. Like, what's going on? I want to know what's going on. Oh. It kept me on that kind of edge. And I don't really know why. I don't really feel like I mean, that with these sorts of things. I mean, would you not say that's a good thing? Because I, I would, would say, say that, that's that means a good that thing. the episode paced itself quite well. I I personally don't feel like that at all when I'm watching it. I'm like, yeah, okay. I know they're in danger. They're in danger. But every, they're always in danger. That's the whole point. Maybe that's just me then. I go down to the bottom and I'm like... Oh, look, it's so nice and calm. <laughs> <laughs> I think, I think again, you need those breaks in the... Um, uh, oh God, action. my words. I'm literally, my brain, I feel like <laughs> like half of my brain is squelched out my ears this week it is, because it I'm just is forgetting warm. everything. It's it is warm. warm. It's very humid today because we're about Ugh. to get absolutely dicked on A by storms storm. here in the UK. The which, to be honest, week. I'm happy because I'm assuming that it's going to mm. rain. It's going to cool stuff down. So cool, yeah, I hope cool, so. Be- cool beans, quite Wait, literally. And um, I think I think that the moments that I kind of forgot made me almost feel like I was watching a new episode again. Like I couldn't, I I didn't remember how things panned out, like scene to scene to scene. It's not one of the episodes mm-hmm. I can just quote beginning to end like Dalek in series one. Yeah, no, I can't I can't quote it beginning to end, but I definitely remember this episode the most out of well, not the most, but like one of sort of the more prominent episodes that <laughs> lives rent free in my brain. Oh, <laughs> is that what the kids are saying these days? Apparently. Um, <laughs> um like every sort of beat of the story like I knew what was coming next. Like it wasn't like I was yeah. sort of thinking like the bit 
for some reason, the bit that always sticks out to me the most is the bit in the air tunnels where Toby shushes the Ood and has the glowing red eyes and then all of a sudden he's like, oh my God, help me, help me. Yeah. For some reason, that bit just always... I always remember that bit. Um, <laughs> I remember the air tunnels. Like, I remember the, the black... Like, I just... There's so much of it that I was like, oh yeah, that's about to happen. And oh yeah, that happens. And oh yeah, that happens. But it's not in a bad way. Like, I just know this episode and i don't know whether that's just because i've watched it more than some of the others or it's just more it appeals to me more because i quite Mm. like the fast paced sort of action of this one yeah like i said it builds really well and then it hits this Mm -hmm. action paired with the slowness of the stuff down in the pit but in terms of stuff that I don't remember. And this is the first kind of point of the episode where I kind of sat forward like, oh, okay. And that was when... um, It was after the TARDIS gets dropped into the pit, lost, whatever. And the Doctor and Rosa sat in the canteen talking and about how they haven't got the TARDIS anymore. They're going to hopefully get away with the rest of the crew when they're done drilling and finding the power Mm -hmm. source that's keeping the planet afloat and in orbit and whatever and they talk about getting a mortgage and settling down yeah and rose being like oh you know we could we could we share. could you know, we could share we could live together Bunk up. Ge- genuinely <laughs> it's like going back and thinking am i am i watching uh an extended edition of this episode because i do not remember the scene at all because i don't yeah i, I think, genuinely I mean, genuinely didn't remember that scene out of everything that the episode does hold it's the scene i remember the least um but i do i do remember it when i watch it like i wouldn't sort of think through the episode and remember that scene explicitly from memory but yeah when it's on i do remember rose going you'd have to get a mortgage and he's like so oh, i God, don't no. that's crazy <laughs> i'm gonna die just kill me now <laughs> you know obviously fake doctor who fan right here obviously can't clearly. quote everything back to front i mean admittedly I, I pace myself with rewatching Doctor Who. I've been enjoying doing the podcast, as I say, literally every week. But um, I don't. I'm not the person that goes goes back and watches it on loop. No, it's not the Simpsons. <laughs> Funnily enough, no. That's Simpsons true. is background noise. Doctor Who is not. So no. yeah, but anyway. So one thing that's interesting about this two part of this this story is the setting in terms of its sort of contextual setting. Something is, you know, happening. There's power source, there's resources, there's whatever. And then human curiosity slash stupidity leads them to this thing. It's actually a relatively common occurrence in Doctor Who. Mm -hmm. You've got things uh, like, obviously, sometimes I've... Not so much now, but I remember... I used to miss. I used to mix up certain scenes and elements of uh, this two-parter and Waters of Mars. Yeah, because for some reason, to I some do, extent, there's a, there's a weird parallel. It's a human people, humans on a base. They're not going to make it out. It's a base under siege story. Mm-hmm. Um, and even things like there's a very more, much more recent um, example is Revolution of the Daleks. Human curiosity slash stupidity gets yeah. them into the pickle they're in. Obviously, yeah. no specifics. But um, this For one some feels reason, like the purest one because it was. It feels like almost it was the, the first, first one. But the yeah. stupidity side of it, it doesn't really come into play. It is the curiosity, but no one there, no one on that team makes 
a stupid decision. They are no. in the wrong place at the wrong time. Mm-hmm. For definite. Um, so- I was going to say the main parallel I draw between this episode and Wars of Mars for some reason is the doors. Because I always get confused between the way they open the doors in this episode and the way they open the doors in the Waters of Mars, which is by answering those stupid quiz questions. No, you're, is... you you mixed up another episode into the mix oh. there. Which episode 40, is that? 42 in series three, where which the ship's the ship with the sentient sun burn with me. Oh, and they're yeah, falling into they... the sun. Okay, well, and in which case, I'd mix it up with that episode <laughs> as well, because... That's a Chibnall oh, just... episode, fun fact. Oh, It's not complete trash. No wonder why it's not one of my favourites and I don't remember <laughs> it. But, yeah, all I remember is those stupid quiz questions to get through. I mean, what kind of bloody system is that? Who goes, do you know what we need here? We need mental stimulation. Because what happens if you're just having a bad day and someone goes, what's four you just, plus four? You just you feel go, really five, thick and, and you then can't remember like, the words. <laughs> no, you're not allowed your through the door. I don't think so. And you know, sure, okay. Do you know what? Well, I'll just go back right. to bed then. Time to move conversation to the doors because there was <laughs> something that I'd said to Amy that I I couldn't remember whether it was in this or not. And obviously that the main antagonists of this story back in the day were always the ood because they're easier to mer- merchandise. But the main yeah. main main antagonist was the devil or Toby. The big the beast. Toby. Um, which yeah, Toby to some extent. No, he's the not. Not really. Um, and I I love the the concept, just to segue off from Doors for a second now I've mentioned the Beast. I love this idea that they haven't justified or established this character as the devil. They obviously hint to it with the whole, when uh, another line I don't necessarily remember was Tennant doing all his calculations saying it's six times six to the power of six. Oh, do you and she's not? like, that's all the sixes. Oh I don't God, remember that so line. Like, and I'm they like, oh, make yeah. so many Oh, yeah, they hints. allude to it a lot. But they yeah. didn't lean into... Obviously, I know that the Doctor mentions religion, but they don't lean mm-hmm. into the idea of it being the Christian, inverted commas, devil. It no. is just this beast with no... They don't... Again, another great thing about this era is that if they don't need to explain it or justify it, they won't. They're not mm-hmm. going to tell you what that creature was. Tenet's not going to go, hang on a minute, and then, like, you know, sniffs the air or licks its feet or something and goes, hang on, you're like this Matt kind Smith of... Very yeah, you're did. this kind of, or just if it was Matt Smith, you're just Sonic it. It's or like you are, or Jody, you are this alien from this time. You are this, that, and the other. It's just like you were this creature that became the inspiration for the bad things in mm-hmm. the world and in religion. That is the devil, the anti-god, the anti-Christ, yeah. whatever. I love that they have this kind of airy fairy reference to that, and it justifies the existence of satan in the hooniverse but it's not there to be it they've not turned around and gone oh you know christianity this is actually what it is it's some alien bullcrap like i don't think they get away with that but having the beast be this pseudo representation of it within the hooniverse i love that yeah and the way they kind of of manifest it throughout the episode like yeah okay they say all sorts of like i mean the word devil is mentioned so many times like oh it's the devil yeah the devil was i mean rose says satan so yeah literally um but i think the way they manifest it is like with the way david sorry start that again the way the doctor explains it i mean you can call him david i know we're on first name terms by now i'm talking about the character not david (laughs) himself so um the way the doctor explains it when he says like it's playing on basic fears is kind of like 
it, it, I think that's why the uh, sort of quote-unquote monster of the week works so well here because it's it is just playing on basic fears and it's like what what like what's your darkest secret like what do you not want people to know what are you most scared of and it like you said it isn't a oh look this is what the devil really is ha ha like oh you know the moon ha yeah we're gonna talk about that in a few series time um but (laughs) yeah (laughs) um it's not actively like, oh, you know that thing that we all know as like the Christianical concept of the devil? Yeah, this is it, lol. It's more like <laughs> uh, this is the manifestation of what people, why people root their fear, why fear exists, basically. Um, yeah. And I think sort of implying that it came from before the universe works quite well for that because it's how do you even imagine before the universe like that well again not... it's it's that kind of ambiguity that they yeah. like to leave in uh, matt mm-hmm. jones who wrote this just leaves that ambiguity which it's the kind of thing that you don't get from the chibnall era is that ambiguity mm-hmm. oh my the, the God, idea no. that you don't you don't need to answer every question if it's not relevant you know that that's like, saying keep, that's keep like things what was it is there something from last week that we just that was just left alone or from recent weeks that we said they just didn't lean into what it was or why they why it I existed or anything i think i know because what you're they didn't because but... they didn't need to you mm-hmm. don't have to just don't oh it's the wire Oh yeah, exiled from her own planet and whatever, yeah. and it's like, well, none of that is important in the grand scheme of things. We don't need, you know, we didn't ask for your life story. And it's the yeah. same thing for the for the beast. Uh-huh. Not, not important. What's that saying? That's like, um, you know, when people say like treat people as if they're stupid. Because, yeah. like, when you're, like, writing... Well, you're writing or, an English essay when you're at school. Yeah, yeah. And it's like, they're you've like, got to treat, oh, treat the reader like, like they're being stupid. I feel like Chris has never, ever broken away from that. Like, he was told once in United English, like, treat people like they're stupid. And he's gone, that will be my life is mantra. It, is it... Is it... <laughs> Dan, nerd cube that says first draft chip. First draft chip, no. Yeah. yeah. If anybody I, knows Dan, nerd cube, you probably do. If you're listening to Doctor Who, the crossover is Crane. Um, <laughs> yeah, he in his uh, F. Yeah, Doctor Pooh. Doctor Pooh. Doctor Pooh. <laughs> Amy's <laughs> words are so gone. <laughs> My brain, like I said, it's just farted up for years. Um, it's so in warm his here. F. Yeah, I know. I'm so hot. In his F. Yeah, yeah Doctor Who podcast. Thank you. Um, he, <laughs> she's not going. Ugh. He, um, yeah, he calls him old, old first drafty is what he calls him <laughs> because he, uh, he calls it Chibnall's misfired guns and old first drafty, um, which I definitely agree with because you can yeah. tell that he wrote a draft, gave it to the cutting room, and they just went, um, chop out all of that, and then the rest of it just didn't make sense. But Chibnall just like- went, that's fine. I said this in the uh, ups and downs. So actually, my last ups and downs at, oh at uh, what culture? Uh, expect there to be something similar to that in the future on my personal YouTube channel. Not ups and downs specifically, because you know, copyright with that kind of. I mean, not. I mean, not really, but yeah, yeah I'm not. I'm not even going to open no. that kind of worms. You don't want to get but sued by expect, what culture. Expect something like that because I don't think I'll be able to resist not going on YouTube and being like, "Oh my god, how bad was that?" Because my expectations mm-hmm. for series thirteen are like. Oh, my, I knew my expectations were low, but holy flip. As soon as Chipper um, leaves, I'm hoping that Doctor Who will get the, like, resurrection it deserves. Yeah. Because... I mean, on, it's very quickly on that kind of topic, there have been musings that, uh, again, this is the mirror who said, Jodie's leaving mm. back whenever, and of nothing course. came of it. 
Um, but there are musings now that because uh, there were shots of Jody on on location with Mandip Gill and um, Tosin Cole. No, he's left, hasn't he? Uh, Christ, oh. his name's left me. Oh, um, John Bishop. John Bishop. I don't know why. I was thinking he's called Dan. 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 John Bishop. Yeah, thank uh-huh. you. Um, of her looking, of Jody looking really sad and getting hugged by John Bishop and stuff, and everyone's like, "Oh my god, she's leaving." But the Do you know what? Until are... you mentioned that, I forgot John Bishop was even bloody in the series. <laughs> that is a whole, a whole story for another time. Whole my, kettle of my opinion on why they put John Bishop in is like, just give me Jody and Manda for nothing else. Anyway, mm-hmm. um, the musings are that there's going to be the series. 13 of what is like eight episodes instead of 10 right. oh my due god to it's COVID. getting shorter every bloody week it's because of covid year. um oh, fair enough and then there apparently jody's gonna do two specials next year and then that's it so kind of similar to how uh tenant tenant left went out and admittedly like how matt smith went out because you i always forget that he had day of the doctor yeah and then time of the doctor and that was it and uh-huh. he was done uh-huh. so apparently that's what's going on and then there's obviously the idea of oh my god is 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 chibnall going to be a one doctor showrunner well supposedly please i once saw internet rumors musings that um because obviously both chibnall and jody have worked together on like Broadchurch um and stuff they not that they're a package deal or anything but when they started working on who together I saw, if I recall rightly, that somebody wrote about somebody saying that um, if Chibnall left, Jodie would leave, and if Jodie left, Chibnall would leave, if I'm remembering correctly. Um, so, fingers crossed, so. <laughs> because uh, I hate Chibnall. <laughs> yeah, He's ruined my favourite It's one of those show. things where I... I... <sighs> I still love Doctor Who. I will never give up on it. Like, Mm -mm. irrelevant of how bad it will get, I will never give up on that show. But as I said, my expectations for the next series are not high. So it's going to take... It's not going to take much to impress me now. After where... The bar is low. After... There were were elements of series series 12 that were really good. There were Uh elements of series 12... That were really bad. As said to Amy, after just as I was putting the Blu-ray away after we'd finished watching the episodes tonight, all fifty-five is literally the worst episode of Doctor Who ever made. It's cough. And we've got Love and Monsters next week. Orphan, yeah. if you've not seen Orphan Fifty-five, it is terrible. Um, and I, I don't want him there. And, and the I, worst I, part I, is, eventually, in the watch through, we're going to get to it, and we're going we to have to watch it, it again. But going back to what where we we skewed off from in terms of talking about chips. I said on that ups and downs that my old uh, uni tutor, uh, a lovely man called Clifton Stewart, who funnily enough, a few people in the comments were like, oh my God, you went to Coventry University, you know Clifton. <laughs> I'm like, yes. well, I wasn't expecting Coventry uni students in media to be like, oh my God, you did my course. Because we both went to Coventry, actually. We, I guess where we met. Um, we, he, he, he was like a scripty guy. And he said to us, I remember very vividly in my first year, when we had to do a script writing, uh, what's the word? module project module that's it um he he, i remember him saying very clearly in a room in the basement of the arts media building because that's where media production belongs apparently um saying that if you have a script cut out every other line and it arguably will still read the same chibnall never did that every single line of dialogue that came into his head he just went and put it in yeah it's more if you can cut out every line of the script still makes sense then it's not literal but it is like that's the kind of extent you need to cut stuff but oh yeah segue 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 chibnall cuts the wrong stuff like i mean he cuts out important information and leaves in the drivel 
<laughs> anyway. No, no, no. He leaves the important information in and spells it out for you. That's how it works. No, he doesn't. He just... He they just might as well, the doctor might as well go, I know what'll solve this. A, I don't know, solution. A pro- the solution protocol. And then Yaz goes, the solution protocol? Graham goes, then, the solution protocol. The doctor goes, Ryan the goes, solution protocol. Ryan goes, look, uh, there's the solution protocol. <laughs> oh, look, a solution protocol. Anyway. But it's down a ladder, so I can't get it. Because <laughs> <laughs> apparently that's all my just practice your effects. Oh. I can throw God. a bloody ball through a hoop about three miles away, but I can't climb down a ladder. <laughs> anyway, Impossible Planet Satan Pit, Series 2, 15 years ago. Um, We're half the an devil, hour The, the devil is much. going on about basic fears, as you say. The doctor's like, basic fears, basic fears, yada, 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 yada. And um, one of the things the devil says is the one who killed his own kind mm-hmm. in reference to the doctor. And compared to everything, all the little elements, the hints of where the Doctor's come from, who the Doctor is, what happened in the time between 1996 and 2005, um, we've only had whispers. And that, so far, spoilers maybe not, is the most apt and explicit mm-hmm. mention of it. Yeah. Of what of the time war. Because There I you think- go. If you are watching for the first time... That keep keep that in mind. Because if you notice, the way the devil, for lack of a better word, um, goes through everybody's fears, he singles the doctor out, and I don't I don't think that's him, like as a sort of character. Be I think that's a scriptural, like on purpose, sort of purposely written so that the doctor's fear slash secret is singled out because he says oh he knows me the i know Mm. him the one who killed his own kind and then he goes on to say or is it after either way whether he lists everybody else's fears before or after the doctors i can't remember what i think roses roses was last yeah that's what i thought so i think he does the doctors home will die soon in yeah i think he does the doctors first and then he does everybody else's um and I think that was obviously written in on purpose because as an audience, like you said, we'd, we'd not heard this piece of information before. We just assumed they were all dead because they were all dead and there was a war. But then, obviously, it doesn't actually really ever get fully explained. It, correct me if I'm wrong here because I could be wrong. But does it not actually ever get fully explained what happens until Day of the Doctor? Is it Day of the Doctor, the 50th anniversary? Yeah. That's where we find out what um, actually happens, isn't it? I think I think it is pretty much. I mean, you can fill in the gaps, yeah, but it's. I not think like... yeah, I think you get an entire idea of everything that happened History. in the time war up to that point, and then it's the most explicit. Yeah. In Day of the Doctor, but anyway, that's that's the that's that little hint that you get for, about the Doctor's story from that point, and the Doctor. I think obviously there is that realization that. Um, you know he's outed me he knows who i am but because there's all the other stuff everyone else being called out you know jefferson and his wife ida scott and their mum rose and dying their in dad, battle I think the was. doctors yeah the doctor was like right either i can sit here and go no you don't know me you can't know that uh or i can be like okay this is gonna freak people out because i know he's right 
all mm-hmm. this stuff he is saying about the crew and about Rose, he is correct because he's right about me. So something is going to happen to Rose. I don't want to believe it. And I need to try and convince them that he's lying. So he yeah. just, he, he leans into just, we are great. We can do this if we work together as a team. I mean, team. yeah, he doesn't exactly say that the only thing he explicitly says is a lie is Rose at the end. Like he doesn't tell anybody else that he's lying. He just He distracts says, them. Yeah, he just Oh, does he? You know when Ida says, But how can he know that that's true? Did he say he lies? Or was that a different part? I can't remember. I think I think he just kind of brushes it off and yeah, it's like, yeah. let's focus on what's going on at the moment yeah. and stuff like that. So he doesn't actively say, Oh, it's a lie. He just kind of is like, you know, it's not important to focus on it. We've got more important things. Yeah, um, exactly. But then obviously right at the end he says to Rose, well, then he was lying. And it's kind of like, yeah, he was. Because she doesn't die in battle, does she? I can't remember. Well, spoilers. So let's okay, talk about well, that I can't when we remember. get round to it. <laughs> <laughs> I'll talk to you after we finish recording, Amy. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> but anyway, segue, 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 segue. All the way back, I mentioned Doors. Because there's something about oh, this God, episode yeah. that I couldn't remember whether it was this or Waters of Mars, Mars. again. Um, And obviously me, if you know who I am, I've always loved video games all my life. And one of my favourite series uh, that I I kind of got more into with the reboots, but I did play the originals, or at least I played ports of the originals, is Doom. I adore Doom, especially the new games. He does. Um, I I have the helmet from Doom Eternal. He does. But Amy still shakes her head out every time she sees it. Totally worth it. Doom Eternal. Absolutely excellent game. (laughs) Joint game of the year last year. Anyway, in this episode, in actually it's in both parts of this episode, um, every time something devilish happens, obviously devil, demons, it's all very doom. It's Mm -hmm. a big space, it's a space station with aliens and stuff going on. Every time something bad happens, you might, if you do know Doom, if you know the original two games, maybe the third game, I don't know whether it has the same door sounds. Anyway, if you listen to when um, when um, Toby comes out of his room and the devil's speaking to him and all the lights flicker, you can hear the sound of the Doom doors opening in the original game. Mm-hmm. Just like, plays when anything bad happens. And I didn't know whether it was just when the doors get opened. And when, when the doctor opens the first door, I was like, oh, it's not the doom sound. And then when it happened, I was like, oh, it's the doom sound. He went, so they oh my God, that's the doom sound. They literally like, played okay. sounds from the video game in this episode. Every time the lights flicker and something bad happens, the doom door opening sound plays. And if you didn't know that, go back, watch it again, and you will see, as I if you, don't you know will doom. hear the fact that you can hear sound effects from Doom, a video game from 1990. Three. Mm-hmm. I have to check now. I think it's ninety three. Well, the reboot hadn't been made yet, had it? Well, the reboot. No, the reboot was two thousand sixteen. Yeah. Yeah. Doom nineteen ninety three. Um. So there's just this really little silly reference in Doctor Who. If you don't know the Doom, Doom. sounds, just go just YouTube, Google whatever Doom Doom sound, door sounds, Doom game sounds from nineteen ninety yeah. whatever. But just a, a little thing they have in this. I'd uh, like to know how they went about thinking, like, who went, do you know what would be really good here? The sounds from Doom. <laughs> I I want to know who it is that put it in. Was it Matt Jones? Was it uh, James Strong, the director? Was it Russell? Was it, does, is Russell someone who likes a bit of Doom? I don't know that Russell would 
I have mean, you that know, much in-depth control over what went into the episode. Doom is a hugely influential video game. In, ca- well, in yeah. case you, in case you aren't down with the kids and know your games, Doom back in '93 was uh, such an influence on a lot of things, um, and it, and that influence and that legacy is still felt today. Hence, why the new Doom games are still absolutely excellent. I am um, absolutely sweating. Can yeah, I open I know, a window? Same. If yeah, I open a window then. and there's background noise on the podcast, I'm very you know sorry. What? I to might people. do the same. <laughs> there were, do you know, what? there were people out in the back garden earlier. Oh, I could what? hear people milling I heard about them. Yeah, but. Oh, I'm so hot. I'm sorry, people. If you can hear cars or something oh. in the background, apologies. You shouldn't do. It's quite. It's nice and quiet around here. But yeah. You just. You never really want to risk it, but it is just it's too, too hot. It's, it's too so hot. Warm. Like I said, it's warm. It's humid. The sky is kind of grey. It, it's kind of getting. It's getting a bit gross out there. We've got literally the next. The next like four days, it's just thunderstorms apparently. Mm. But you know, whatever. I'm fine with that. Don't have to wash my car. Cool. Um, so yeah, there there is doom. As for another little detail, that going from something I really, really like to something I really, 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 really don't Is this the trailer part? No. No? We will mention that, We'll get to that. This happens only in the Satan pit. Right. And I'm going to have to go and watch the Doctor Who Confidential for this once I've actually finished, once we've finished recording, once I've edited the podcast. Because whenever the soldiers fire their weapons oh um there's this really strange sort of slow motion ish kind of thing the weapon sounds a bit weird the effects are a bit crap the acting with the weapons is absolutely dreadful um bless them i mean you know obviously i've come from somebody who's who i'm not I've never actually fired a real like firearm. I've done air rifles and stuff, and I've always found them the intricacies and the the mechanics of weaponry always very interesting. So I've done kind of like my research, and I know bits and pieces about things like that. And when I, you know, it's like you're almost cursed with this knowledge of you can. It's so clear when you see weapons being done wrong. And I did actually I did a video on what culture gaming about times games got weapons wrong, and it's it did like nearly 2 million views which I'm very proud of personally um, you always and... mention it whenever we're watching something you go oh well you wouldn't hold the gun like that oh or, you've done it oh, wrong they've like re- that they've repurposed that gun and it wouldn't actually it's do one that of the, it's, like, it's one of those things <laughs> similar to something that we'll talk about next week about photographs it's mm-hmm. one of those little details in, in, in film and TV production you think why don't they take that just that little bit more seriously because they'd have might, to pay to hire like, a gun expert it might not be something you'd notice but if it is noticed, either way, it can either be very, very, very well praised for its like realism, kind of like how something say like Scrubs, which apparently is incredibly medically accurate. Yeah. You would never think of it, but because it is, you have more respect for it. Mm-hmm. Whereas something like this, again, it's Doctor Who. You don't find weapons being fired all that frequently, but obviously budget-wise or down to the space they had or whatever, they obviously weren't going to fire blanks, or it was a a conscious decision to have this really peculiar. Um, effect going on when they fire their weapons, and I just don't like it. No, I bless him. Really... The guy that plays Jefferson, the way he fires his weapon, he there's you can see it really clearly. There's one, there's a point when it, there's there's like a couple of people firing their weapons the first time you see it happen, and then a bit later on it's just Jefferson firing his, and he's so blatantly just like moving his weapon up and down in his hands, 
and it's like when you fire a weapon it it pushes backwards into you doesn't go up and down and it looks really really dumb I mean, he did his best. He again, he did his best. And to be fair, they probably told him to overact it because they were like, "Oh, it's fine. There's going to be loads of blasty effects and everything over the top." So don't worry about it. It's dreadful. But Mm. in terms of the weaponry itself specifically, it kind of harks to um, I think it's Stargate, um, the series and the films and stuff, because the the weapon that they're using in this. Uh, this is me going very, very weapons nerd here. And for yep. those of you who've played shooting games, you will know this weapon. Uh, it's called a P90. It's a Belgian weapon. And it's designed in such a weird way. It got used in loads of sci-fi, Stargate being an example, because it looks so unearthly. And I don't know whether that's specifically why they got this weapon in for the Impossible Planet Satan pit, because it looks so space age. It's like Maybe. retro-futuristic almost. Maybe. I don't know. But they got those in, and it's like, ah... Oh, that's actually really cool. Rather than using some kind of, um, you know, the bolt gun is very much has been designed to match the aesthetic of the base. Yeah. And then they just went, okay, we're going to get some P90s and we're going to stick some yellow and black chevrons on it, gruff them up a bit and call it a day. So, but yeah, little little things like that. Thankfully, you don't see weapons in Doctor Who all that frequently. Well, no, that's kind of the, uh, but the Doctor's thing. That's kind of it? the idea, yeah. But that is, out of, out of all of Doctor Who that I can think of, um, another thing that I will get to is is the end of time part two with weapons, but that's one of the most egregious things. And that inverted commas artistic decision to make the yeah. weaponry and the firing look like that trash. Don't Just do kind it again. of breaks the uh, what's the word or phrase I'm looking for? There's something suspension of, of disbelief. That's the one. Thank you. Um, it kind of breaks your suspension of disbelief a little bit because you're kind of a bit like, well, that seems a bit odd. <laughs> Everything about this, I mean, it's like, yeah, it's Doctor Who. It's it's like right at the end when Toby gets launched out of the front of the spaceship and you're there like, you can't, you shouldn't be able to hear them talking, which you're right. Yeah, right? I if said, didn't I? If they're when in a vacuum, the you won't out, be able to hear them He talk. was like, emergency shield. Like, you could have just pressed the button. But like, you would have all, like, they were all kind of like, oh my God, what's going to Scientifically, he, yeah, you wouldn't be able to like, hear them. He was like, emergency shield. Just get them to like, hold their breath and struggle to push the button. We know it's an emergency shield. We can Sometimes see the shield going up. We don't have to like, have it explained. Elements like that could work so much better and be even more hard-hitting when it's quiet. Mm-hmm. Like, if you've seen... Um, is it Last Jedi? I think Not it's like, Last, I think it's Last Jedi. Um, there's a particular shot in The Last Jedi, yeah, it must be, where a big thing happens with... Um, is it Laura Dern? Laura Dern's character. There's like a massive explosion. It's basically... She like warp speeds a ship through the middle of like a uh, of like a first order armada, and rather than being like really big and explosive, it just goes dead silent. And it's these absolutely gorgeous silhouette shots of the ships being like ripped apart. It's abs. It's it's that moment when I was in the cinema and I was like, like I was completely taken out, taken away by it. It was amazing. Mm, like that's the kind of thing they could have done. It's kind of like yeah, in you, um, to draw a parallel to something I would actually understand. I was gonna say. <laughs> Never seen Star Wars, lol. Um, in Order of the Phoenix, when Sirius died, in the film, I'm talking about all the book, obviously. Um, when the book's Sirius, all silent. Uh. <laughs> when Sirius dies in the film, 
Um, Spoilers, God. It goes. Oh, Saws, it's only been out, what, 15 years? Oh, as in when he years. falls into the, the veil thing. Yeah, and it all of it, like, it doesn't go silent, silent, but you the get, actual like, actors. They don't have any dialogue. Like, there's no noise coming from Harry. It's just music playing over the top. Yeah. And, like, that has always been super impactful because it's, like, slow-mo. It's, like, silent. It's, uh, it's, you know, silent for them sort of thing. And it's that... The way they do that is kind of parallel to how they probably should have done this. Because... But, as said, we can pick these little things apart, but at the end of the day, it's it's Doctor Who. It's always a bit silly. Everything else about this feels really grounded and really real like the relationship between Rose and the Doctor, that these characters being there forever, like there's mm-hmm. something about the way that they act, the way that they go about their work. You, they don't feel like they're just actors pretending to be people here. It feels like they've genuinely been there for God knows how long. Yeah. And those moments do kind of take it out a bit. But again, you can pick holes in these things like big time. But Let's in the pick grand... holes in something important. Let's the pick trailer. Let's, let's... Let's as in pick, the next time let's, or as in, yeah, the, the, so at the end of this episode right at the end of this episode you know when I turn to you and so, say right, why do they bef- do so the, not the next, shot so not the next time so the, the final the, shot yeah, of yeah. Impossible Planet before we hit the stinger and then we hit the credits take it away Amy so <laughs> I turn to you because obviously they and get to and I fully to, agree with this as well Yeah, they get to the uh, trap door as the doctor calls it um and it starts to open and then all of a sudden the voice is like i am risen i am here or whatever I the bloody free. hell it says i am free that's the one and it's show- and the camera shot is like rising from the pit over the edge to look at the doctor and ida and nothing comes out of the pit and it's really infuriating because it's like i'm free and you expect this huge monster to be rising up out of the pit and you expect the doctor and Ida to be in trouble and then all of a sudden the next episode because even in the next episode when they do that previously on doctor who whatever they show that shot literally before the titles and then they go anything down there and they go no it's just a big empty pit well then why did you show this thing coming out like yeah, i know you're it- trying to be all cliffhangery but don't do that because that's really not okay like you're basically it just heavily implies <laughs> that there's something coming out of the pit because let's and be honest proper... you're not free are you you're not free because you're still trapped in the prison and that's the whole point of the later plot so like don't say i am free and then not be free because that's just a big fat lie in it mr Devon it boy. is it is a proper <laughs> baity sort of ending cliffhanger it's really to an annoying it is a little bit i was like why yeah. did they do that literally nothing comes out of the pit in the next episode, they stood in front of an empty pit. Don't like. You could turn around to. and be like, "Oh, there's some like metaphorical thing," and blah no, blah blah. It's like, no. yeah, but but if you look at it, if you take it at face value, which sometimes you've got to do, it yeah. It's because even if like, he was going, I am free mentally. No, you were already mentally free because you'd already yeah, infected you'd already Toby. Take, yeah, you'd, you'd already, already done Toby. all that. So how about we just stop with the lies, we stop with the crap, and you just have instead of having the guy going i am free you just have the camera shot of like you know the pit or like the doctor or like something you know if the shot was just rising out of the pit without months going i am free then i'd have been okay with that i'd have probably been more okay with that than with the lies (laughs) sorry it just really angered me (laughs) but i wanted to mention it from one monster to another this is actually the first time we get to see the ood 
in oh. Doctor Who, which, you know, the as a recurring presence, Character. not necessarily villain, but presence. The Ood I always find the least annoying when they crop up again because of their, you know, they're a slave race. They exist to serve and they are everywhere. Yeah. Especially since when Rose is like, what the hell are these guys? And they're like, wait, what? You don't know? You don't have one? Whatever. I, I love the Ood. Yeah. There's something about them that I just... They're almost comforting. It's like that comfort blanket of seeing something back, like the blue box or a Dalek. It's like there's an Ood. And the beauty of it is they can get dropped oh, into hey. anything. It's not that frequent that you see an Ood in a story that isn't going to be relevant in some way, shape, or form. Yeah. Are they Apart always maybe- used? I'm, they're not always used for, like, the villain, are they? Not always but they are some usually when they are present something does happen to them because we we have planet of the Ud in series four mm. we have um brother in the doctor's wife oh yeah is it brother is, is it, it brother? is that the there's one aunt, there's aunt uncle Wait, brother and astrid the doctor's wife is that the one where the where the the, to the house Yes, that is voiced the one by I was Michael Sheen. Okay, it is, good, is it called good, Brother? Good. I think it's mm. called Brother. Like yeah, there's an Ood in that, but again, that one gets possessed by House and so on. And there are there are Ood in Revolution of the Daleks, but they're just there in the prison, aren't they? Poor Ood. But all so they're they, trying they, to they, do they, is just they, exist and help people. They, they, there's this there's this really sort of dry comedicness to them, especially after the titles of like "We must feed," "Knock knock," "You we must feed." Are you yeah. hungry? I, I I love that this idea that there's such this innocent race like they can be so evil for like the vast for about the an episode's length really like towards the end of Impossible Planet and then throughout the vast majority of Satan Pit until that last shot of them all cowering oh, in the all they're all cowering in the corridor oh, and they're all like, like oh it. no it's it's so sad like but then he does the good thing of honoring them all with yeah at the end when he's like Ood Alpha one or one, whatever it is deceased with honors yeah. also can we take a moment zachary cross flane what a flipping cool name that's his whole name zachary cross flane incredible it's such a cool name <laughs> i don't know right this might just be me reading into it because it's doctor who of the russell t davies era but i feel like there's i, I think there's something behind his eyes where the doctor's like i'm gonna give you a hug and he's kind of there like yeah do it <laughs> i don't know whether that's just me but i'm just like yeah, but you think about how Maybe. long it's been since he's been hugged. Probably. Yeah, that's true. It doesn't I seem mean, like they I, hug I was going to mention this to you. I'm also kind of like, yeah, but I could kind of see that team kind of, you know, getting a bit busy with each other while they're there. There's only X Maybe. number of them there. I mean, you know. Oh, uh, Scoot, Scooty? Scooby? Scooty. Scooty. Scooby Doo. Lol. Um, Scooty definitely banged Toby at one point, let's be honest. Because, I mean, the way she looks at him when he's through that window is like, I know you've got a bunch of devil things on your face, but you've never looked hot, boy. (laughs) Yeah, those red eyes, baby. Uh Um, I've completely lost my trend of thoughts. I was thinking thinking about Scooty. When he hugs. Yeah, for some reason, cross flight, I'm just like, yeah, I think he's he's probably thinking about it. Like, give, give me a really, really, like implicit potentially gay character not one that's got the hints of it but just like no i mean you know what like there's new bodies on a ship that they've all just been on with each other for god knows how long of course they're gonna be like hmm, fresh blood i'll have it either i mean toby literally is like oh my god look at rose's ass and it's yeah. like 
Well, actually, oh. he insults it, doesn't he? Because she says something to um, no, no, no. She, she says she says to Danny like, "Oh, it's not your best angle, Danny." Yeah, and then he and then says, Toby oh, behind it could her could says, be worse. "Oh, could be worse." No, he I don't actually think... says it like because then she goes, "Oi." I don't. Yeah, I think you could read that as either he's saying that she's got a bad ass, but I'm probably more swung in thinking that he's like, "Hot damn!" No, see, I, I genuinely read booty. it as like they're all just kind of so in the thick of it that they're kind of like attacking each other. Like he's like, "Well, it could be worse," and she's like, "Oi, shut your face!" Nah, I personally read that as, "Damn, Billy Papa's got a nice booty." Oh. Anyway, I mean, don't take that out of context. That like, where's the lie? C- c- certain things get better with age. <laughs> Billy Piper is one of them. <sighs> Blimey. So it's anyway, is it let's is it is it me or is it warm in here? Hey, I mean, it is warm in here, but <laughs> I mean, we've got we've managed fifty-two minutes, and there's the David Tennant. Oh my god, simp comment. I mean, he just does. Wanna, hey, I look just, at him. He's like a fine wine. He's got his head. He's got his head down in this episode, and <clears> yeah, I just I just want to lick his sideburns. Anyway, um, you're right there, Apes. <laughs> She's just baring her teeth in a pretty, oh, you know, Andy Samberg in that Lonely Island video. Yeah, you know which one. Yeah. Um, Train of thought, Ood. I'm gonna say something about Ood. Ood, that was it. I, I I wanted to bring up the Ood because I have a I have another IRL story, another fun, rich going out into the world and experience Doctor Who stuff. Oh, when I went on, to then. the uh, Doctor Who experience when it opened in London before it went to Cardiff with my girlfriend at the time. Um, not me. Not you. <laughs> uh, there was after you have the whole the whole show section where you get to whole fly the TARDIS and it was like it was the Matt Smith's first era TARDIS was when we flew right. I think it must have been 2011 2012 I think we went or something like that yeah probably um, would have been yeah and uh, I remember going into after you've done all that you have the whole just exhibition floor where you can see all the props and things and there was something I think it was like the stages of putting on an oud costume like an oud uh, prosthetic oh, right. and it had like the all these all these like busts of a head with like bits and pieces of the oud costume being put on and then right at the end i was like looking really closely like scanning along these like five or six heads and then as i got to the end i looked up and stood in front of me like right into my face was a just a standee with the full oud costume and the eyes were red uh, and i crapped myself yeah i bet you did like nothing was moving I was just really, like, really taking in the detail of these costumes and then look up and boom, right in your face. You know, it's like when you're you're Devil doodling oot. on your paper you're doodling on your paper in school and you look up and the teacher's looking over and you think, oh god. It's like that. But it was a red eye dude and it scared the crap out of me. <laughs> That's my well, awkward ood story. That's my ood story. Your ood ood ood. That's an, ood. An odd ood story. That's ood. Because Russell T Davies came up with the name Ood, and apparently that's why he called them that because it's like well, cause it, it was like bit, odd, but it different. sounds a bit Ood. And they're like, sure, Russell, why not? <laughs> sure, we'll go with that. It's better than anything first draft he came up with. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to think of I'm trying to think of names of creatures in, um, in the in the in the Chibnallaria. Chibnallaria, the dregs, or fifty five, I mean, toothy boy. Whatever oh, he's called, Zim Zim Shaw. Oh, Tim, Tim Shaw. Um, um, Again, we'll we'll get to them. Um, I genuinely can't remember any other baddies. Lol. <laughs> yeah, not, nor can I. Um, I. Apart from the Cybermen, which you know, lol. Spoilers. Um, and yeah, I'm I'm, I'm, genu- I'm drawing a blank. Weird little plastic blobs or the pating. <laughs> 
uh, in the Saranga conundrum. That's uh, another fun episode we'll have to get to. I would rather watch the Saranga conundrum than Orphan 55, though. Yeah, let's be I think honest. So. It's, it's the lesser, <laughs> the lesser of two evils to I mean, say the least. It's still awful, but oh, it's still dreadful. Oh, I can't wait until we get to Jody's series. It's gonna be so fun. Oh, there's so much to rip apart. Can you it's hear the sarcasm? Be, I'm in gonna my dig voice. out my ups and downs scripts and go through what I thought, like literally oh God, yeah, the night we of made the episode. Notes for days on that, didn't we? Yeah. We used to after we'd watch the episode, we used to turn off the TV and sit and just talk about the episode for like an hour. Afterwards. While I wrote the script for ups and downs and then recorded it first thing the next day at work. Honestly, this is genuinely why we wanted to do the podcast was because we used to do that after Jody's episodes. We used to mm. just sit and kind of chat and we were like, hey, even this after, would be even, really cool on a podcast. Even before I did yeah. ups and downs, we'd just sit and talk about what the episode was and how things went and so on and so forth. So yeah, the, the podcast was a natural evolution of that. And, you know, there was a tweet on Castapod of someone who just came across the podcast again. I was oh, like, yeah. I'm so happy I found this. And maybe things I like, should go on to the YouTube uh the last You should episode. honestly you should. Because I wouldn't want you to do it because if what culture catches you're promoting it elsewhere, then that's not fair. However, I might go on to the last YouTube episode that we posted and just comment and be like, Oh, so uh Castapod Just say follow us at, at Castapod to see on Twitter where we are now and for the ne- are. for the next for the next episode. Yeah, I'll do that after we finished yeah do that because yeah i'd probably get in trouble you don't want to do it but they don't know who i am and if they can link me to you then that's tough you don't control me (laughs) (laughs) i'll log on as a as a youtuber i'll log on as traction.gg and comment on it (laughs) that's right i'll just log on as my uh my other channel that i made and then never used lol do it I mean, I've got a channel that I've not started yet. Actually, not they, that they it matters know. because they can't control me for crap. And if they tried to sue them. Not that they'd be checking the comments on the podcast, but... Not that they care. Whatever, not whatever. But yeah, like those those kind of tweets where people have been finding us again. Because I've tried to promote it as much as I can. But obviously I can't do it on YouTube. I can't tell that I can't obviously tweet on WhoCulture because I don't have access to it anymore. I mean, I say that. I know the login, but I'm not that kind of person. <laughs> um... Quick, yeah. follow us on Castapod, lol. I think, mo- I think most of my, my logins still work, but anyway. Um, those kind of tweets where you guys have come in, found us again and just sending you as, as your support, we really do appreciate that. It, it's fantastic. You know, as I said, we, we're trying to do this every week as best we can, but we're never going to try it. We're never going to go longer than two weeks. Um, well, yeah, that's what... It's a bit, currently, it's what a bit we're spotty. aiming for is every other week really yeah every other week is the is the minimum if we manage to get stuff done and things aren't like tough or we're not knackered or whatever then we will absolutely get to it every week i'm excited because it's love and monsters time yeah and also another thing that i do find kind of more motivating is the fact that the two parties get done together yeah so we're actually we actually get through series quicker because of that Mm -hmm. so that is a, that's pretty damn good but i think that is about where we're going to wrap up today marks out of 10 the impossible planet satan pit aims there are no uh, questions by the way i, oh, right. I might yeah, have i might have forgotten to. to tweet out saying we're recording this today because i suck genius if you haven't if you have any questions regarding love and monsters and by god i know you do tweet us at castapod amy marks out of 10 uh, i'm gonna go with maybe a seven i was thinking seven or eight because uh, like yeah there's not much to criticize. It's pretty it's like, solid. It's it's not it's not like 
Idiot's Lantern where it's like, it's good enough, but it's not mm. amazing. I Whereas this like is more this like, one. this is like a really solid two-parter. Yeah, and I think and there's it is, a it's lot It's a very you can... strong, longer story. So yeah, yeah, and I think there's it. a lot you can kind of delve into in terms of like the... Uh, the supposed threat and how that affects people and the idea of religion and like evil and stuff like that so i think although it masks raid itself as a little bit like monster of the week with the ood being kind of like the bodies um of the it, vessels yeah the vessels that's the word it's very it's very much not that really so yeah i'd say maybe a seven maybe a 7.5 eight i'm with you on that one yeah and that is about where we're gonna wrap it up for today on this episode of escaping gusturberus the impossible planet and the satan pit thank you all very very much for listening amy where can they follow you and find all your stuff you can follow me on instagram at ames underscore elizabeth or at amy cakes baking preferably the baking account because it has cake involved yeah as for me you can follow follow me on twitter and instagram at pickup change toe and also more importantly followers and tweeters at castapod not only tweeting us whatever doctor who memes and pictures of eggs uh, but also your questions regarding the podcast as a whole or more specifically love and monsters good grief it is the best way to reach us yes and if any of you listening uh want to rise up as a very small castapod army and go to the last posted youtube (laughs) video the girl in the fireplace on who culture and tell Um, everyone where we are Tell everyone where they can find us because that will save us doing it. But I will probably go on and do it now. Anyway, yeah, however, as, as said, still I said, I it. personally can't really go and do it because that's no. just a dick move. But so. if you guys want to flock to the girl in the fireplace, cause, cause escaping Castebrus on YouTube and just comment. Oh, if anybody's wondering, you can find them at Castapod on Twitter and uh, they're also on Spotify under the same name. Then that'd be great because then we'll get hopefully our viewership back. Smashing. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, thank you all so much for listening. Uh, Hopefully it's going to be a little bit cooler. I'm going to go cool down. Yeah, I'm sweating. And I'm literally only in like my pyjamas and I'm sweating. We really do appreciate your time. Hopefully we'll see you potentially next week, if not the week after. Take care. Be good. We'll see you soon. Goodbye. See you later. Bye. Bye.